0: welcome to excelling in christ the program that aims to help you go far far beyond mere conversion i recently heard a speaker say that the church is really good at making converts but not very good at making disciples the point he was making is that many of us tend to think our job is done at the point of baptism training disciples unfortunately is often just left to the new convert to try to figure it out for him or herself we really haven't organized codified or formalized a system of training And that is unfortunate. Hey, if you find value in this presentation as we go on, then share this wherever you do your social media. That is the best way to support this program and help us get the word out to a lost and dying world. Simply click that share button and post it on your preferred platform. Now the solution to creating disciples is not an easy one-step answer there's multiple reasons to why there is lack of training for example there are converts that just simply don't want to be disciples uh, they want to go to heaven of course but they don't want to learn the discipleship of christianity i mean some of them they want to show up for a service once a week maybe once a month Partake of the Lord's Supper, sing a song, endure a sermon, and complain that it was too long, and then be assured that they are really, really growing in Christ. Another part of the challenge is that conversion, folks, that's the easy part. That is the really easy part. And I think a lot of folks kind of get this unrealistic expectation that this is going to be a nice, easy path all your life. Look, we have basically five steps of conversion. You you know, you got to hear, believe, repent, confess, be baptized. And those, those are just crazy easy compared to actually traveling the straight and narrow road and being faithful unto death as Revelation 2 and 10 teaches. So it's, Maybe a little bit like the difference between enlisting to go into the military and then boot camp or enlisting and then being on the front line with people shooting at you and trying to drop bombs on you. So we could talk about a lot of reasons why people just barely grow after they convert, but I think that's enough to get us started for now. Fact is, a lot of people stop seeking Christ Right after they they come up out of the waters of baptism, they don't really get Hebrews 11:6 that says, "Without faith, it is impossible to please him, but he's a rewarder." Now, this is the part they're missing. He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him, and baptism is not the end of the seeking. Baptism is the putting on of Christ, as Paul would say in Galatians 3:27, but it's not the end. So I was wondering, what would be a good basic plan, a good way to advise people following their conversion on, on what to do? And so I hope first we agree that conversion's not the finish line. I believe the finish line is marked with the tombstone or the pearly gate, if you would rather. So Christianity itself is a lifelong practice. This is what we're going to keep working on for the rest of our life. And we're going to go through different challenges in different seasons of life. In our early years, there's going to be certain sets of challenges. In our later years, it's going to happen again. So we just keep pressing on. And I think Paul may be a good example because he was about 30 years old. That's what the scholars think. When Ananias said to him, why are you waiting? Arise, be baptized, and wash away your sins. And that was just the beginning for Paul. And later in 1 Corinthians nine twenty-seven, he would write, but I discipline my body. I bring it into subjection, lest after when I preach to others, I myself should also be disqualified. That's 1 Corinthians 9 and 27. And then near the end of his life, he's probably in his mid to late 60s. We're kind of guessing as we reach back 2,000 years there. But he's been a Christian for about 35 years. And he writes in Philippians 3, starting at verse 12, Not that I've already attained, or I'm already perfect, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize, the upward call in Christ Jesus. So here we have Paul near the end of his life, and he's still pressing forward he has not crossed the finish line yet and there are still things to learn even in this late season of his life and these things that you're going to learn in the later seasons of life you just can't learn them in the early seasons there's there's just a series it's a process you you build one lesson upon the other it's a continuing education and so the point here is paul didn't see his baptism as the finish line his baptism was the start and his true spiritual development his discipline began after the blood of christ washed away his sins so it's really great that we hear people pray a lot lord help me be a better christian today than i was yesterday awesome prayer the discouraging thing is is when you hear that prayer over and over and over And you see no progress. The people aren't doing anything to be a better Christian. Successful Christianity is not passive. It's very intent, deliberate, forward-pressing, and holding oneself accountable. So one of the steps in a better discipleship program is to learn to admit right after that conversion moment, right after you come up out of the waters of baptism, okay, now the real work begins. Now at that point, what would be a good next step? So I'm going to admit, I got to get to work now. It's not over, it's just beginning. What would be a a good thing to put in that, okay, here's my number one thing? Uh, We could debate that a little bit, but I'm going to suggest to you it would be daily Bible reading learning the Word of God now I think a prayer life would be an awesome addition of that in fact I think actually your prayer and your Bible reading can really go together they can weave together uh, in my practice the two do go hand in hand I don't think you can have a great prayer life separate and apart from the Word and I don't think you can have a great study life separate and apart from prayer So I can separate the two of them on paper, but I don't know that we can really separate the two of them in practice. So let me pause. If you're finding any value in this presentation, then just share it wherever you do your social media. That's the best way to support this program. That's the way to help us get the world out, word out to people who need it, because we can make a difference. So. Obviously, you cannot be a Christian without following the Scriptures, right? So, let's, let's cover some basics here. In Psalms one nineteen one o four 104, verse 105, David wrote, "...through your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path." this is our basic map getting back to that book chapter and verse foundation understanding the mind of god what he delivered to us in the bible and so i'm going to tell you read it every day read it somehow get into it don't do it with just a check the box mentality don't don't have that attitude really dig in there and, and see what you can learn and yes i get some days you're going to be more eager and you're going to go deeper than other days hey that's just humanity don't don't beat yourself up for not being a hundred percent on your game every single day there's going to be good days and they're going to be bad days but this this is where we want to keep coming back to is feeding on the word christ said in matthew 4 4 man doesn't live by bread alone but Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So I'm I'm not going to prescribe how you need to read the word and when you need to read the word. If you're a morning person, read it in the morning. If you're somebody who you like to read during your lunch hour, read it in your lunch hour. If you're an evening person or a before bedtime person, I'm not going to tell you when to do it. I'm just going to say do it consistently. And if you like a long read at a time, great. And if you like several short reads throughout the day, that's your business too. The point is to get into the word and do it consistently for whatever works for you. Not what works for somebody else, but what works for you. And let this word just seep in deeper and deeper and deeper. We're trying to engraft the word. So whatever works, we're good just keep getting into the word all you can now again wouldn't try to limit you to one single idea the they're different they're like daily plans there are weekly plans there's old testament combined with new testament plans i've seen one that divides your daily reading into five different w- aspects of it one of them includes a proverbs and a psalm every day some people like to go from genesis 1 1 straight to the back Uh, again no rules other than be in the word every day what's working for you what's really helping you grow and when you get that i think we're fine and if you do it different than i do it i'm not going to judge you as long as you are getting into the word now Here's a little something deeper to look at now. Is Bible reading something you really enjoy doing, or are you resentful? Are you glad to do it? Are you eager to do it? Are you thinking, oh, I gotta do this, or I'm gonna burn in hell forever? God loves a cheerful giver. Uh, And what we wanna do is not just, you know, squeeze it in before we go to bed so I can check the box on my reading list we want to really be in love with God. Matthew 22, 37, love the Lord your God with all your mind, all your soul, and all your heart. And we want to be that character that really, really, really wants to get to know it. So be honest with yourself. Where are you really at here? Are you just trying to be a Christian to fit into a social circle? Are you just trying to be a Christian to make somebody in the family happy? Or are are you really wanting to seek God? Because that is the very reason we're here on the planet. The whole purpose of life is to seek God. That was Hebrews 11:6. 6. Remember he said he was a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so one of the things we have to check from time to time is our attitude. Are we cheerful givers of our time to learning the word? are we resentful are we begrudging and now let me let me give you just a little leeway there because yes some days you're going to have good days some days you're going to have bad days sometimes your energy is going to be really really low and you're going to just like i'm so worn out and other days your energy is going to be really really high and give yourself a little flexibility but overall you want that consistent good attitude now I understand that sometimes people, men, can people make excuses. They're just like, preacher, you don't get it. You don't understand. I don't think you're really connected with life. Look, if you're avoiding Bible reading and you feel a need to justify it or rationalize it, that's not a good sign. The Satan's got some leverage in your heart. Something's not right. And you really need to get in there and, and purge out that old leaven because the Bible is our fundamental map. That, that was Psalms 119, Your words, a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. Or we can use Second Timothy 3:16 and 17, where Paul writes, All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, for correction, instruction, and in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work, if you want to be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work, then the basis, the foundation, you work from is the Word of God. It is the blueprint for us. So look at that word, get to know that word, love that word, learn it frontwards and backwards and inside out. And as you continue this process, and it is a process, it's a growing process. You will learn to grow and you will move toward that ideal that Paul gave us in 1 Corinthians 11.1 1, where he said, imitate me as I also imitate Christ. And over Ephesians 5.1, he said, therefore be imitators of God as dear children. Now, that's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take some practice and some learning and study and self-discipline. And then we will learn To be holy, and Peter wrote in First Peter one fifteen and sixteen, as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. For it is written, be holy, for I am holy. So our goal here in reading the Scripture is not just to read it and check off the boxes. Our goal is to learn how to walk like God, to imitate God as the best we can. And the only way we're ever going to learn to do that is by reading the Word, because it is the Bible that reveals to us the mind of God. The Bible reveals the light we need to walk by. It is the map. So you can be a decent person without a smattering of Scripture, but if you want to imitate Christ and you want to learn to imitate God, if you want to be holy as he is holy, that, that's the high aim, of course, then the scriptures are indispensable because that's where we learn those things. So our, our reading is an obvious fundamental. And yet, having said that and all these things so far in the presentation, we've barely scratched the surface the Bible reading is is just so much deeper and more important. And we'll cover that in a a future podcast here, one more episode. But a lot of Christians, they really, they just don't have a clue about the depth of the Bible. I, I hate to say it, but for some people, it's just a moral entertainment. And true spiritual depth is really not something that they go to church seeking. They go to church seeking to be entertained, not trained. And there's a big difference between being a consumer and being a disciple. Now I need to open this up just a little deeper because the Bible's a tough book. We just need to be honest about that. It's hard and it's going to be difficult and you need to read it at your level. So if you're a brand new convert, Do not expect to understand the Bible cover to cover as some 50-year practicing Christian would understand it. It's going to take you some time to get there. So let's uh, say you read the Bible through one time. And just for illustration, let's say you understood a whole 10% of it. I think that's pretty good. Then you're going to read it through again, and you're going to understand 20% of it. Then the third year, you're going to read it through again, and now you're up to 30%. Now those are just illustrative numbers. You're gonna learn some of it much quicker than that, and you're gonna come to the end of your life still having questions. But regardless of whether you're 15 years old or 50 years old or 80 years old, you can't let your chronological age try to determine where you should be. If you're a new convert, and you were just converted at age 60, you're still a spiritual baby. And you're gonna start the same place that 15 year old starts, and you can't let your adult ego get in the way. And man will your adult ego try to get in the way. I mean, you could be a captain of industry. You could have been somebody who really yielded, wielded power and had position. And when you convert, you start all the way down at the bottom of the ladder and you desire the sincere milk of the word. Or as Peter said it, we lay aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and evil speaking. And as newborn babes, we desire the pure milk of the word so that we can grow. So let's assume that you get the basic idea behind reading, but you still just don't understand all that's in the Bible. That's okay. When you were in the first grade, You learned your ABCs a little bit more way back when I was in school. We actually had the fun with Dick and Jane readers, and that's where we started. Now, we were lucky to understand sometimes, see Jane kick the ball, see Dick catch the ball. It was pretty simple stuff. But then we moved to the second grade, and in the third grade, and a little further and a little further, and then one day we were reading much more complicated things and understanding things like um, To Kill a Mockingbird. So let me encourage you, read at your level, and if there's something you don't get, just say, hey, I didn't get that this time. Ask your preacher, ask your teacher about it if you want to, but don't expect yourself to understand everything there is in the Bible. And like I said, you're going to leave this life still having questions about what some of it meant because it's a really, really deep book. So be realistic with your expectations. And no matter what your level of Christianity, learn to get comfortable with mysteries, opinions, and some paradoxes because they're there. And they're always going to be there, and it's always going to cause you some difficulty. The Bible doesn't answer every question that you want to ask. The goal of the Bible is to present you and I everything we need so that we can learn to imitate Jesus, so that we can walk in the footsteps of Jesus. The Bible is here so that we can learn to seek God. And there's some things in the Bible that we're just not going to get and that's okay because if you'll be faithful unto death then if you want when you step through the pearly gate and you meet peter or whoever you meet when you first get in heaven then you can ask him all those questions about what passage meant what and i have an idea the moment you step through the pearly gate in victory all those questions you thought you were going to ask you're not even going to give them you're not going to give them a second thought you're, you're not even going to care anymore so don't let the devil use those difficult passages to keep you from reading the bible you just read that one and then say well maybe i'll get that one next year and and really keep looking for the practical application well, what does this passage mean to you in your your life in your season in your relationships your co-workers your marriage your family your church family uh, and really go there with it that's how you are going to train you to be a better disciple and that's what it's all about. That's that's the bottom line. Now, if you really want to get advanced as you, as you develop, you can get into the Greek and the Hebrew, and you can study a lot of that. And you'll find some neat little nuances. Uh, really, I think if you'll just compare different translations, you'll you'll do pretty good and get everything that you need to get. So, you start with a simple one plus one is two. And you keep working, and then one day you're doing geometry and algebra and quantum physics or, or something or another. So we're going to start as babies. That's where we start. Sincere milk of the word. going to understand there's some difficult stuff. There's some mysteries. And we're going to understand that when I die, when you die, you're still going to have some questions about what some of that meant. And that's okay. God knew what he was doing when he put the book together, and he put it together exactly the way he wanted it. And if you can handle that, then you're going to make awesome progress in the coming years. So hey, thanks for spending a few minutes with me in this presentation. My goal is to point you back to the Bible. I'm not your authority the bible is your authority jesus is your authority and if you'll learn the map and you'll learn to follow the map then like i say i believe you'll find jesus said seek and you'll find Knocking, it'll be open and i believe that's exactly what's going to happen so so thanks for listening if you found some value in this presentation then just share this with anybody on whatever media you use just go over there and click share put it on your favorite media platform. That's how we can work together to get the word out to people who need to hear the word because together we can make a difference. And as always, I hope you have a great day.